Hello and welcome to the 1909, the podcast that takes an in-depth look at the state news's biggest stories while bringing in new perspectives from the reporters who wrote them. I'm academics reporter Carly Graham. Thanks for joining us. In our January 9th print edition, our centerpiece story was about a survivor and MSU alumna who trains dogs to aid other survivors. Here to talk about this story is campus reporter Claire Moore and photo editor Annie Barker. Claire, how did you come up with the idea for this story? So I actually didn't come up with the idea. I was um, given the idea, forwarded through a press release about uh, Amy Shell, the subject of the story, and um, that was given to me in a press release, so to speak, and that just included details about this sort of grassroots organization that she's built, um, and that she's worked on for the last several months, I believe since March 2019. So uh, I got it in the press release, and we went from there in pursuing it. Awesome. And Annie, in what ways was this photo project interesting for you, and how was it actually photographing the dogs? Typically, our general assignments only last 30 minutes to a few hours, so this um, allowed me to actually get involved and have multiple occasions where I went and photographed the dogs. I really like seeing the connection between the clients and their dogs. You could see it in their faces in the off moments just every step of the way. You could see how happy each person and animal was. Nice. And Claire, what do the dogs do for the owners and how do they assist them through any issues that they might be having? Yeah, so service dogs are actually um, really helpful to uh, any sort of person, be it, um, you know, a military veteran who has PTSD that they need um, sort of companionship with. Uh, the service dogs can be beneficial to, you know, those sort of folks. But they're also really beneficial to civilians too. And uh, the nature of this story was so that um, those people were who Amy wanted to work with as well. Um, there's not a lot of options. Um, to give civilian service dogs, but uh, it's something that Amy definitely wanted to like sort of work through. So these service dogs um, that we, you know, that Annie and I got a chance to kind of view and, you know, talk about, um, they really help their clients, like I said bef- before, with that sort of companionship aspect. So one of Amy's clients, Louise, has a dog named Ollie, and what Ollie does for her is sort of tasks around the house um, that she would like help with. It's not just like a job for Ollie though, he also offers her a sense of companionship, of protection at night um, when she's home alone if her partner is away. Um, Some of those tasks include um, like turning on and off the lights when she first enters the house or doing a perimeter check and Ali is still learning how to do those things so it's a work in progress but from what Louise was telling Annie and I when we visited her home uh, Ali loves doing that he loves working with her Um, so for him it's like sort of fun in a way Uh, he also you know will go with her to the grocery store Um, and one of the most crucial things that service dogs do is when a um, a human handler and you know their service dog are out in public the service dog can put themselves in between 
you know, that this person and the rest of the public that they're with in order to provide a sense of protection. Because a lot of people with service dogs, you know, have experiences with domestic violence, with, you know, potentially sexual assault and rape, and they sort of want, you know, that um, block in between them to prevent, like, any other sort of risks or to at least lower the chance of something happening. Nice. And Annie, can you talk about your process in taking photos for this project? I try and go in without expectations, but having information about what I'm going to be doing. So I asked, um, throughout the process, I asked if what I was doing was okay, if I should be in a certain space, because I didn't want to interrupt um, the actual training or if something was disruptive. Um, in one case, when we were in Home Depot, my camera shutter was distracting the dog, so it was making it harder for them to focus, but Amy didn't tell me to stop doing that because it helped the dogs get more accustomed to what they needed to be doing. Is there anything else either of you would like to say about working on the story? Anything interesting? I can speak a little to the personal nature of the story um, and how deeply personal of an endeavor this is for Amy. Um, it's an undertaking that she's been working on for a while and you could definitely see its importance to her um, when we were, you know, vi every time we visited with her. Um, for instance, she allowed us into our home to sort of get an understanding of her life and her uh, personal schedule and where she, where she lives and what she's accustomed to. She doesn't owe that to anyone, but it was really cool that well, I shouldn't say cool, I should say it was really something I'm grateful for, that she allowed us into her home and just to see personal parts of her life. Um, and she wanted to share that with the world, you know. A survivor who's trying to help other survivors was something she wanted to make very clear um, about herself. And I, I definitely think that that's illustrated in the story. I just remember at the end of our time at Home Depot, taking it all in and just getting to appreciate that small bit I got to see. Our January 16th print edition took a look at how the MSU community commemorates Martin Luther King Jr. Day. For this edition, Campus Features reporter Samaya Overall wrote a column about her experience being a minority student at MSU. Samaya, thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. So you've written columns for the State News before. What was different about your experience in writing this one? This column required me to look at a part of my identity that I don't usually pay attention to. Ironically, because I grew up in a suburb with mostly um, white people, it's sometimes different for me to realize that I am a minority student, and to look at that was actually really interesting in the column. What initially inspired you to write this column? Um, I I looked at how MSU uh, promotes diversity and I thought that it was interesting that yes there's a lot of different people here on campus which I appreciate but the way that we are kind of segregated in the same university was kind of not okay with me. I thought we um, MSU could do a better job of integrating the students so that um, people of color and um, the white majority are 
more comfortable being around each other and not just around people from the same group as them. So you did discuss that in your column that although MSU is diverse and working towards inclusion, there's still work to be done. So can you expand upon that a little bit and just what some of your concerns and thoughts are? Um, some of my concerns are that there's a lot of groups that focus on um, empowering um, our black students and empowering our Asian students and empowering our um, LGBTQ students. And those are all great and they're really powerful groups. But I think there also needs to be some type of initiative to push these groups together or to even form like crossroads between the two identities. Like say if you are an LGBTQ student who is also an African American, like where do you fit in? Do you um, fit in more with your race identity or with your sexuality identity? I think all of those um, intersections need to occur on campus for MSU to truly be more inclusive. And then is there anything else you'd like to add about your experience in writing this column? It was, it's kind of difficult for me to step back and um, look at how my experience fits in as a minority student. Sometimes I kind of just go through the motions and I don't realize how different my experience is from someone who isn't African American or even isn't a first generation student or anything that I identify with. And so writing that column really gave me a chance to reflect on that and reflect how my experience is different from my peers. Awesome. Thank you so much again for joining us. Thanks again for listening to The 1909, the podcast that takes an in-depth look at the state news' biggest stories while bringing in new perspectives from the reporters who wrote them. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at BS News, on Instagram at State News, and at statenews.com.